0: Hello and welcome to The Most Accurate Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gelhar. The Most Accurate Podcast is proud to be presented by FanDuel. Week 4 is here, and we'll be entering our daily fantasy lineups on FanDuel, where there are more ways to win. Today's intro song was Drunk Ship of Lanterns by the Mars Volta, off their 2003 album Deloused in the Comatorium. I want to thank those of you who provided feedback on last week's show. It was very helpful to kind of figure out how to restructure the format a little bit. I will be keeping the same setup this week, with just me on the mic, but with a few minor tweaks. I'm going to reduce the number of players I discuss in here, so I can devote a little more time to them and slow down just a touch. I'll be highlighting only the top pickups at each position. If you need deeper pickups, you'll need to head to 444.com and read my full article, The Waiver Wire Watch. Hopefully things will be a bit smoother and easier to digest this time around, and you'll be able to get all the waiver Wire info you need before you finish your morning cup of coffee. But before I dive into the top pickups for week 4, the news. Nick Foles replaced Mitchell Trubisky and brought the Bears back to a win over the Falcons. The Super Bowl hero will start for the Bears again in Week 4. Chris Carson suffered what is believed to be a minor knee sprain against the Cowboys. There's a chance he'll suit up against the Dolphins in Week 4, but his practice involvement this week will be critical to watch. One week after returning from a concussion, Buccaneers wide receiver Chris Godwin suffered a hamstring injury. The severity isn't quite known yet, but odds are Godwin may miss a week or two more. Steelers wide receiver Deontay Johnson suffered a concussion and did not return to the game in Week 3. If he clears the protocol, he'll be able to return for Week 4. If not, the Steelers have a deep wide receiving core you can mine for replacements, or hopefully you can grab somebody I'll mention later in the show. Eagles tight end Dallas Goddard will miss some time, according to the team, as he suffered an ankle injury in the Week 3 tie with the Bengals. This means more volume should be funneled to Zach Ertz in the meantime, as the Eagles are still desperate for wide receivers. Speaking of wide receivers, Bills wide receiver John Brown suffered a calf injury against the Rams that kept him out for much of the second half. The Bills also have depth at wide receiver, so if Brown misses time, you could look within the team, perhaps to Cole Beasley or Gabriel Davis as fill-ins. Bears running back Tariq Cohen tore his ACL against the Falcons, landing on season-ending injured reserve. The Bears will likely feature David Montgomery more, with spells of Cordero Patterson and Ryan Nall as relievers. And finally, one week after losing Paris Campbell, the cold spot receiving room took another hit, as Michael Pittman Jr. underwent calf surgery to repair compartment leg syndrome. It was apparently a serious surgery, and uh, it was a good thing the team caught it so quickly. They expect him to be back by week 8. As a quick reminder, I mentioned this on last week's episode, you guys should join our Discord server. It is for 444 for 4 subscribers only, so if you don't have a subscription, head over to 444 4 and get one right now. We have a Discord server with all sorts of great information and direct access to the best 4 for 4 analysts, myself included, although I would rank some other people ahead of me. But every Tuesday, I do a waiver wire exclusive chat. You guys type in your questions into the Discord server, and then either at 12 p.m. Eastern or 5 p.m. Eastern, I hop into the voice channel and provide my analysis and answers to as many questions as possible. So Google 444 Discord or head to the 444 website to find more information. But remember, you need a subscription to join the Discord server. We've been having great interactions and great fun with great last up to the minute info and uh, all your direct questions answered. It's a great way to get access directly to myself, TJ Hernandez, Chris Allen, Jennifer Egan's, all of us. So be sure to join the 444 Discord. All right, now let's jump into the top waiver wire pickups for the week. I'm only going to do a couple at uh, quarterback and tight end, diving in a little bit deeper in running back and wide receiver. As a reminder, all the roster percentages are pulled from Yahoo Fantasy Leagues, and free agent budget recommendations are based on a $100 season-long budget. I will be ranking each position list from top priority to the bottom, as was the case last week. With that out of the way, here are my top quarterback ads of the week. I think the top pickup should be Baker Mayfield for the Browns. He's 44% rostered playing against the Cowboys this week. Second up, Kirk Cousins for the Vikings, 34% rostered, gets to face the Texans in Week 4. And last but not least, Ryan Fitzpatrick for the Dolphins. He will face a Seahawks team in Week 4, and he is only rostered in 7% of leagues. The reason Baker Mayfield tops my list of quarterbacks this week is because while the Browns want to run the football to win in 2020, which they've done in each of their wins this season, going for over 35-plus carries to their backs, that formula is not going to work in Week 4 against the Cowboys' high-flying offense. Mayfield has been dropped in plenty of leagues, and he could be forced to take to the air in Week 4 to keep up with that Cowboys offense. We've seen Dallas get into a number of shootouts already, coming back in that epic game against the Falcons, and then falling just short against the Seahawks in Week 3. Mayfield has talent all around him. There's Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry. He can throw to both of his running backs. They signed Austin Hooper. There are options for him in the passing game, and if forced into a shootout against a relatively suspect uh, Dallas secondary, Baker could up, could put up some big points. Kirk Cousins was a waiver-wire pickup heading into Week 2, and he had disastrous performance, uh, taking a safety and throwing three interceptions against the Colts. But he bounced back in a big way in week three, and part of the reason was the emergence of rookie Justin Jefferson. Uh, Jefferson, which you'll hear more about him later in the show, was a revelation for the Vikings offense, and Cousins looked closer to the guy we saw in years past, throwing the ball to Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. Cousins put up a nice stat line, throwing for 251 yards and three touchdowns against the Titans in week three. Up next is a good matchup against a Texan secondary that has struggled to stop pretty much anybody this year. Granted, they've run into some good offenses as they faced the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Steelers, but the point remains Cousins should be able to put up points, and the Texans might put up points against the Vikings, as has also been the case throughout the year. Cousins could find himself in a high-volume, pass-heavy game script, and that bodes well for his fantasy outlook. Rounding out the top three is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick put on a show on Thursday night, tossing two touchdowns and rushing for a third. The Dolphins will not get the benefit of playing the Jaguars, though. They'll have a much tougher opponent when they face the Seahawks. However, that Seahawks' toughness comes mainly on the offensive end of the football, where Russell Wilson is just lighting up scoreboard week after week. Their defense is near the bottom of the league in pretty much every statistical category. Passing yards, passing touchdowns, first downs allowed. You name it, the Seahawks are near the bottom of the league. Fitzpatrick, because his defense isn't great either, will likely be forced into a pass-heavy game script early against this Seahawks defense that is allowing 440 passing yards per game. If maybe you're not feeling the greatest about your starting quarterback this week or you're looking for a cheaper option in daily fantasy, Fitzpatrick is streamable. Okay, before jumping into the rest of the waiver wire targets, I want to remind you that the Most Accurate Podcast is proud to be presented by FanDuel. Week 4 of the NFL season is here, and we're entering our fantasy lineups on FanDuel. And if you've never played before... The good news is FanDuel is offering users the chance to play for free this season with no deposit required. And even better yet, it's not just daily fantasy where you're worried about the rake and playing a pool of thousands and thousands of players. They're offering daily snake drafts, which just puts you against a handful of other people and you draft like a traditional draft over the summer. Uh, you draft six players and there's winners every week. It's a really great way to get in the action and you know spice up your, your Sunday and, as opposed to just watching your main fantasy lineups go to work. So here's how those daily snake leagues work. You find one of the daily snake drafts. You draft your team live just as you would over the summer uh, as the draft starts as soon as the contest is filled. You and your opponents draft six players each in a six-round draft with 30 seconds per pick. And there is no salary cap like other daily fantasy contests. So if you happen to get Good players following you everywhere, you can take all of them. Nothing to cons- be concerned about in terms of a salary. Personally, I've been enjoying getting into these, and I'm going to get into more. Doing snake drafts is one of my favorite parts of the year. I just think there's, there's nothing like it. Um, there are obviously other ways to play fantasy, but there's just something so pure and traditional about a snake draft, and this is a great way to get involved with it every Sunday. Mix it up. There's not the stress of doing all these daily fantasy lineups. You can just get in and have a little extra fantasy fun every week. So sign up for FanDuel and they will give you a free entry to a contest each week of the season where you can win real prizes. Plus, for those who want to dive right in, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with a 20% deposit match. Go to FanDuel.com T-M-A-P or download the Fantasy Football app today, for the FanDuel Fantasy Football app that is, to play now. Again, that is FanDuel.com T-M-A-P. FanDuel more ways to win. Turning over to running backs, there isn't quite the bonanza this week as we saw last week following all those injuries, but there are several great guys to target and I'm going to give you six to seven here. Topping off the list is Miles Gaskin for the Dolphins, Adrian Peterson for the Lions, 52% rostered, Carlos Hyde for the Seahawks comes in at 18% rostered, number four is Alexander Madison for the Vikings, 40% rostered, five Rex Burkhead for the Patriots, 38% rostered, number six, Brian Hill for the Falcons, 0% rostered. So Miles Gaskin had flirted with featured back status through the first two weeks, playing around 65% of the team's snaps and handling 44% of the backfield touches. That all changed on Thursday night against the Jaguars, and what amounted to a coming out party for Gaskin as the team's featured back. He played over 75% of the snaps against the Jags and handled 85% of the running back touches. He's being heavily targeted, and he's a great add in PPR formats. He's really one of the only backs you can still get on the waiver wire who could be a solid flex play week after week. The Dolphins figure to be behind a lot and probably targeting Gaskin a lot this season, so he's going to be a player. Next up is Adrian Peterson for the Lions. I don't know what year it is. Maybe we accidentally slip back into 2012. That wouldn't be the most surprising thing, given how 2020 has gone so far. But Peterson has seen 14-plus carries in two of the Lions' first three games, and he's looked good doing it. They almost relied on him as a featured back this past week. It was crazy. Uh, DeAndre Swift only played a few snaps. on Johnson is still in the mix. But Peterson appears to be the guy on the ground, and Matt Patricia is a coach that likes to run the rock. Peterson's value is going to increase, too, as the return of Kenny, Kenny Galladay has kind of lit a fire in this offense and gives them much more scoring potential. If they get near the goal line... Odds are Peterson's number could be called, and he's going to see 15 to 20 carries probably in this offense. He's worth grabbing and throwing on the bench, perhaps waiting a week to see if this trend holds true. All right, the next up is Carlos Hyde, and while Chris Carson may miss time with his knee sprain, that's not clear yet. Hyde is going to be the guy to grab uh, for the Seahawks. Carson's handled 62% of the backfield touches to this point for the Seahawks, and they own one of the league's most potent offenses. Why I said six to seven guys off the top when I was saying this is the running backs is because Travis Homer of the Seahawks is also somebody you can add, and he's rostered in far fewer leagues, just about 1% as of uh, this morning on uh, Yahoo! Leagues. Uh, were Chris Carson a miss time, Carlos Hyde would probably be the feature guy with Travis Homer being sprinkled in. Uh, Hyde has handled that type of workload in the past, and he would have high upside in this Seahawks offense, especially since Russ has been targeting his running backs more. So may, perhaps if you're a Chris Carson owner, grab Carlos Hyde, throw $10 at him. Travis Homer, only a couple bucks. And also to backtrack real quick, Adrian Peterson, maybe $15, and Miles Gaskin, 20 plus of your free agent budget. He's, he's a guy to own. All right, getting to the rest of the top six, Dalvin Cook appeared to tweak his ankle on a run late against the uh, Titans, which puts Alexander Madison near the top of our list. Madison was a great player to be holding as a handcuff anyways, given these strange COVID times. If Dalvin Cook were to miss time, Madison would be an RB1 next week against a Texans rush defense that has just been routinely run over so far this season. Obviously, the Ravens took him to task. Rookie Clyde Edwards-Solaire ran for over 130 yards in Week 1, and uh, James Connor went for over 100 yards on Sunday as well. Uh, so if you're looking to back up Cook or just want a high upside stash pick, grab Madison. Cook's injury isn't quite known yet, but uh, there's a chance to give him some time, and Madison would have huge, huge value. I'd throw 8 to $10 of your free agent budget at him. So Rex Burkhead went berserk this week, turning 13 touches into 98 yards and 3 total touchdowns. He saw a whopping 10 targets catching 7 for 49 yards, and uh, he got some work on the ground as well. It's really tough to predict if this type of workload will stick, though. Bill Belichick was working in all sorts of running backs, and James White could return to the team after his bereavement absence. Nonetheless, after this type of showing, Burkhead should be added in case he continues to see that 10-15 touch workload in what is a high-powered Patriots offense helmed by Cam Newton. I think anywhere in the realm of $7-10 dollars is a solid bet for Burkhead. He could have some value in the flex, especially in PPR formats. Rounding out the top six is Brian Hill for the Falcons. Yes, the Falcons signed Todd Gurley this offseason, and he's still there getting heavy touches, but... Hill touched the ball 10 times and turned those opportunities into 80 total yards and a touchdown against the Bears. What's notable for Hill is that his playing time jumped after he saw the field on only 27% and 20% of the snaps in Week 1 and Week 2, respectively. Julio Jones is still battling a hamstring. Russell Gage suffered a concussion. And now the Falcons have to travel to Green Bay and play that red-hot Packers offense on Monday night next week. Hill could be in line for some decent volume and more touches, especially as the Falcons don't want to load up Todd Gurley, and they might be playing from behind. I think he's a sneaky pickup and possibly even a flex play this week, especially if Julio Jones is not going to play and Russell Gage does not clear the concussion protocol. All right, that list one more time for you guys miles gasket for the dolphins is the top pickup 22 to 25 dollars from your budget would be good adrian peterson for the lions lions is worth a pickup around 15 dollars carlos hyde of the seahawks 10 dollars um, and travis homer also of the seahawks three dollars in deeper leagues alexander madison and rex burkhead for the vikings and patriots respectively seven to ten dollars and then brian hill more of a sneaky pickup for the falcons 0% rostered, throw 5 ish dollars at them, three, 3 maybe, and see what happens. Okay, moving on to wide receivers. Here are my top seven recommendations for Week 4. Justin Jefferson of the Vikings, 29% rostered. Brandon Ayuk of the 49ers, 27% rostered. Number 3, Corey Davis of the Titans, 49% rostered. Number 4, Preston Williams of the Dolphins, 30% rostered. Number 5, Alan Lazard of the Packers, 47% rostered. Number six, Traquan Smith of the Saints, 30% rostered. And number seven, T. Higgins of the Bengals, 4% rostered. So let's all take a moment and welcome Justin Jefferson to the National Football League. Jefferson seemed to be kind of finding his footing in the first couple of weeks, but he announced himself to the NFL in stellar fashion in week three, posting a crazy seven-catch, 175-yard, one-touchdown line, and the Vikings uh, lost to the Titans. Uh, with Stefan Diggs in Buffalo, the Vikings were desperately needing somebody else to step up in that passing attack. We saw how reliant it was on Adam Thielen in the first couple weeks, and that was just not getting things done. Jefferson was a remarkable talent at LSU. If you ever watched any of those games, you could tell he was going to have the stuff to succeed in the NFL, and he proved that he's ready to take that next step last week. I think it's easily worth 25%, $25 or so of your free agent budget to try and get Jefferson on your team if he has been dropped in your league. It finally seems that Brandon Ayuk of the 49ers is fully healthy as the first-round pick amassed 101 total yards and scored a touchdown in the 49ers' win over the Giants. Ayuk led the team with eight targets, catching five of them for 70 yards, and he scored a touchdown on a rushing attempt. This is exactly what the 49ers needed. I mean, they are just so banged up with injuries. George Kittle, Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Jimmy Garoppolo. It's crazy how ravaged their team is with injuries, and Ayuk came in and provided a much-needed spark, especially at the wide receiver position. I think he's a guy you can throw $20 at and hope he builds upon the success he had in week three when the 49ers played the Eagles in week four. All right, I've been harping on Corey Davis for a while on this podcast and in the column, but he remained one of Ryan Tannehill's top targets with A.J. Brown still battling that bone bruise in his knee. Davis hauled in five of his six targets for 69 yards. He failed to find the end zone and his upside will dive a bit once Brown returns, but uh, the former fifth overall pick appears to have found a good role in this offense. He's big, he can stretch the field, He's proven to be consistent catching the ball over the middle. He's got the eye of Ryan Tannehill right now, and as long as Brown is out, Davis is going to be in starting consideration in fantasy leagues. Preston Williams from the Dolphins is also a guy that deserves to be rostered in more leagues. He didn't see a ton of opportunities on Thursday, but he made the most of the ones he did catching both of his targets for seven yards and a touchdown. Williams has talent, and he plays on a team that is going to be throwing the football a lot, as I mentioned in the Miles Gaskin section. So you don't have to rush to start Williams if you can add him, but I think his volume is going to trend upwards, potentially starting this week when the Dolphins are going to have to keep pace with Russell Wilson and that Seahawks offense. Devontae Adams sat out of the Packers Sunday night game against the Saints, and then that game belonged to Allen Lazard. The former undrafted free agent hauled in six of his eight targets for 146 yards and a touchdown, and he was just short of getting a second touchdown too when he caught a 72-yard pass that was tackled inside the five. Uh, I also think it's worth mentioning Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He sees a ton of air yards in this offense, but he doesn't quite have the consistency or trust that uh, Lazard has in, with Aaron Rodgers. So were Devonte Adams to miss next week as well? Seems like it could be possible because the Packers' bye is coming up shortly thereafter. Lazard is the player to pick up and start. That Falcons secondary has been banged up, and they might be missing one of their cornerbacks who landed on the COVID-19 list. So Lazard and Marquez are both worth a pickup. $15 each, I don't think is too crazy. But at this point, if Devontae Adams misses time, it appears Lazard is the one to target. On the other side of that game, Traquan Smith started out quiet, but ended up catching uh, four of his six targets for 42 yards. Alvin Kamara really is the engine that is going to drive the Saints offense with Michael Thomas out. Um, But Smith is certainly there, and he has proven that he can make plays both in the Raiders game and the Packers game. He's a bigger guy, just needed Drew Brees to look his way a little more. Smith is still a solid start in PPR formats, as the Saints are going to have some volume, but his upside looks a little capped with Kamara getting so much work. Once Thomas returns to, Traquan Smith will be somebody you can toss back to the waiver wire. The Saints face the Lions next, and I think Smith is a good target to add in the $12 to $13 range. All right, rounding out my uh, wide receiver recommendations for the podcast, there are more guys that you can find. Again, on my article on 444.com is T. Higgins for the Bengals. He's just 4% rostered, and I think he's a guy you can throw $10 to $15 at, and here is why. John Ross was a healthy scratch on Sunday for the Bengals, possibly signaling a changing of the guard in the wide receiver room. Through the first two weeks, Higgins trailed Ross in snap percentage 47% to 53% and targets six to seven. However, Higgins got the start over Ross this week, and quickly earned the trust of Joe Burrow. The rookies connected on two touchdowns, and Higgins could have even had more. He missed a play or two there, but finished with five catches for 40 yards and two touchdowns on nine targets. The Bengals' defense is also injury-ravaged and just not that great right now. They focused more on the offense these past couple offseasons, so they will find themselves in pass-heavy game scripts a ton. Joe Burrow is throwing a ton of passes, and he's looking good. He's looking like the real deal. and So this connection with Higgins could be one to build on. I really think Higgins is going to have some wide receiver three upside in the near future, but for now, he's probably more of a wide receiver four. I think he's a great player to add off the bench, as he could end up eating into A.J. Green's work even more as the season goes on. So one more time, that list goes as follows. Justin Jefferson for the Vikings, 29% rostered, worth at least $25 of your free agent budget. Brandon Ayuk of the 49ers, 27% rostered, $20. Corey Davis of the Titans, 49% rostered, $15-16. dollars Preston Williams of the Dolphins, thirty percent rostered, fifteen dollars. Alan Lazard and Marquez Veldes Scantling for the Packers, forty seven and forty five percent rostered, fifteen dollars. Traquan Smith for the Saints, thirty percent rostered, twelve to thirteen dollars, and T Higgins for the Bengals, four percent rostered, ten to fifteen dollars. All right, let's wrap things up with tight ends and get out of here. I'm only going to give you three recommendations here. There are plenty more in my article and uh, we'll have other great sources for streaming tight ends on 4 4com But here are the top three to target on the waiver wire this week. Logan Thomas for the Washington football team, 34% rostered. Mo Alley-Cox for the Colts, 9% rostered. And Robert Big Bob Tanyan for the Packers, 0% rostered. So Logan Thomas kind of has the perfect storm right now of what we want for a tight end in fantasy football. The only problem is... He's being held back by his quarterback. So Thomas saw seven targets uh, in week three, was about a 90% target share, but manages four catches for 31 yards. I saw a stat float around on Twitter this week, I think it was from Rich Rebar of Sharp Football Analysis, that of all of his targets, only 50% have been catchable this year. So while the volume is there in an offense that's going to need to pass, he just hasn't been getting quality volume yet. So there may be a quarterback change coming soon for the football team, and that would really benefit Thomas. But for now, we don't want to turn away from that volume, especially because tight end has kind of quickly fallen by the wayside. We thought it was deep to start the year. A lot of those mid round guys are not quite hitting. So Thomas is a good player to target, potentially stream, especially if a quarterback change happens for Washington. I think he's probably only worth 3 to $5 of your free agent budget, though. If you were skeptical of Mo'Ally Cox after his Week 2 performance, he delivered again this week. He caught all three of his targets for 50 yards and a touchdown, and he likely could have seen more volume had the Colts not locked up the win over the Jets pretty much at kickoff. Uh, Sam Darnold threw two pick sixes, and this game was out of hand, really taking the air out of the Colts passing game. Jack Doyle returned to this game, but he did not register a catch, which could be signaling that Mo'Elly Cox might be taking over this uh, starting tight end role and has the eyes of Philip Rivers. I heard on a different podcast, somebody made the joke that Mo'Elly Cox is a former basketball player turned uh, football player, which if you have been watching the game for a while, you'll remember that that was a frequent narrative people pointed out when Philip Rivers used to connect with his future Hall of Fame tight end, Antonio Gates, back in San Diego. So, Moyle Cox is a great player to pick up and play. I think he's pretty much an every week starter at tight end or close to it. Um, And you can probably nab him for $3 to $5 on the waiver wire as well. Last but certainly not least is Robert Tanyan for the Packers. Big Bob, as some of Packers' Twitter affectionately calls him, or Baby Kittle, as John Paulson calls him, was second in the Packers on targets in the game against the Saints, catching all five of his for 50 yards and a touchdown. The tight end position, having watched every snap of this Packers offense, uh, it really is meant to be a focal point in Matt Lafleur's offense. And now that Jimmy Graham is out of the way and he has some younger, more athletic tight ends stepping up, we're really seeing how dangerous that role can be. Tanyan has caught a touchdown in back-to-back weeks. Uh, rookie Josiah Deguara saw a bunch of targets in week one, but he's missed the last two games with a shin injury, and I think Tanyan could potentially be overtaking him. Tanyan is going to be a nice streaming option this week because the Packers are playing the Falcons, and that's a team that has been gashed through the air and, as I already mentioned, could be missing extra pieces of their secondary. Uh, so Tanyan is certainly a guy to target, probably as well with the other tight ends. 3 to $5 is all it take to get him. But uh, with this Packers offense scoring you know 40 points a week, we want pieces of the offense, and if the tight ends are going to continuously get put in advantageous positions thanks to Matt LaFleur's play calling, Tanyan could be a nice steal in fantasy. All right, one more time quick. That list was top option, Logan Thomas for the football team, 34% rostered. Second option, Mo Alley-Cox for the Colts, 9% rostered. And last but not least, Robert Big Bob Baby Kittle Tanyan for the Packers, 0% rostered. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week. I hope you again like the new format. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can let me know what you think of it there. Or hit me up on Twitter at AlexGelhar. I would love to have your comments on the format, anything else you need. Uh, And then we can keep building this as we go. But don't forget, for more recommendations, be sure to hit up the full article at 444.com. It is the wire Watch. And if you subscribe to 444.com, get in on that Discord server. I'm serious. It's great direct access to it. You'll get all of the information you need, direct recommendations for your team uh, start-sit questions, pick-up questions, trade questions. You can get it all. Subscribe to 444. Get in on that Discord server. All right, that's going to do it for this show. Good luck to everybody in week four, and I'll talk to you again in week five. You've got the law to a picks mother Christ. Is there a spirit that spits upon the side?